Hello, hello, and hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? In today's episode, I am so excited to have a new guest, Brooke Benz, join our show today. And if you don't know Brooke, you really should. Let me tell you a little bit about her.、Uh, Brooke, she have over twenty years experience in sales, go to market, and consulting for businesses, whether it's public health or private trade or venture back companies. She is super passionate about customer experience, and she believes that this is where the journey to create a valuable partnership ultimately began. And that was one of the reasons that she found the company Bombshell, simplifying business travel for women. From there, she moved on as a chief commercial officer with Thinktiff, a value creation consultancy. Today, she's also the entrepreneur in residence for Techstar Austin, as well as sitting on multiple advisory board for other startup businesses to helping them to support them on their growth journey. With that, everybody, I am so beyond excited. Thank you so much, Brooke, for joining us, and welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. I love being in your energy space. So thank you for having me, Wen. Of course. So, Brooke, tell us how do you grow up? Oh wow! So a pretty standard American grow up path, if you will. <laughs> I grew up、uh, born in Wisconsin,、mm. but moved shortly thereafter、uh, because my parents loved to ski, and my mom grew up in the Colorado area, so they moved us early back to Colorado. Got me on skis at three years old, and、oh um, into lots of outdoors.、Um, so, in addition to having a mom that was a ballerina, I had a father who was an outdoorsman、nice. and a reformed attorney. And so he taught me so much、mm. about what it means to respect and love and be outdoors.、Mm. And so, while I got to be a dancer and a singer and all of these fun things that my mom loved、mm-hmm. during the week on the weekends, I got to experience the great outdo- outdoors with my dad. And so, I feel really blessed to have had that experience and、wow. to have been given those opportunities from a very, very early age. I think my parents, when I was a little kid, stories looking back, they would say, "Brooke, we just we never knew what to do with you. You were always really independent." And the first story that I recall of this was right before I was six.、Um, I marched my way up to the community pool、mm-hmm. and said, "Well, I want to join the swim team." And They looked at me as though I was insane, only because I was a five-year-old asking to join the pool and to to swim on the team. And they said, "Well, don't you need to have a parent with you?" And and I said, "Well, I asked my parents if I could come up and and sign up for the team." And and they said yes. And so I'm here. And they said, "Well, you need to take this home and have your parents finalize this and sign it for you." But yeah, I mean, we we have a six and under group, and you're welcome to join. And so I think that kind of started this journey、wow. of、um, being really well loved by my parents and、mm. also quite independent. And、um, and I think that might be the basis of some of the entrepreneurial spirit、mm. that I've been able to bring into my adult life and into my professional career. Wow, what a story! <laughs> Do you always know what you want, Brooke? Oh. Yes and no. 
So yes, from the standpoint of, of I do believe that when I take action towards something, I do mm-hmm. know what I want. Although life has also taught me very vividly that I don't really control a lot of what happens. And mm-hmm. so perhaps the things that I may want were right in line and and great for me and other things may not have been and in hindsight Mm -hmm. can look at them as what I wanted at the time and now that I know more and know differently Mm -hmm. that they don't serve me in the way that I thought they might so Mm. I think it's both yeah (laughs) and the reason I asked that is I just imagine this five years old you short march to this pool said I'm gonna join the team I was like wow when I was five years old I barely even have any conscience at all and you already knew what you wanted at that moment which I think is such a such a gift so let's brought that to the modern world and you know I'm curious when that point of your professional journey you realize you want to be entrepreneur oh what do you always want to be one you know I wanted to be a doctor oh um and then actually i've i've reframed that in as i've gotten older and that uh more of what i wanted at the time was really to heal mm. probably me first and then others after mm. so um but but from the box of the profession be a doctor was what i wanted to be when Why? i was a little kid i've always been fascinated by how the human body thrives in its environment Mm. and then how we as as souls enliven that and Mm -hmm. and those two things in combination um with our emotions and our heart Mm -hmm. really kind of bring bring the full human to bear and Mm -hmm. so i think from an early age i was fascinated by that concept yeah um and Although I do believe no matter what profession you're in, Mm -hmm. you can choose to have the spirit Mm -hmm. of being an entrepreneur or of the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. And it isn't necessarily a profession per se. Um, Although we often, you know, say be an entrepreneur or Mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a founder. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is I think as I've come to um, be around lots of different people in different stages of companies mm-hmm. that there are a lot of people who have an entrepreneurial spirit who haven't yet mm-hmm. founded a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other entrepreneurs who may well end up fitting more into a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, I am mentality sometimes kind of keeps people stuck in ways that may or may not be in their best interest. So I've always what found that... What do you that, mean by that? Well, I've always found that um, like embodying the spirit of something mm-hmm. will help to bring like, what do I do next into the forefront as opposed to being in the, I am this and I am only that oh. can keep people maybe not seeing all of the possibilities ahead of them. Mm. So almost like we are predefine a box. I am X, Y, Z, and we put ourselves in the box and mm-hmm. therefore we are not allowed ourselves to see other possibilities. Right. So with that possibility <laughs> in mind, you said you want to be a doctor. What happened? So um, I got sick when I was in college and uh, kind of took me took me off uh, off kilter. Although at the time I at the time I got sick, my perfectionist really kicked into high gear, which was 
nothing better or nothing nothing less than an A is acceptable in school. And so I kept on going with school mm-hmm. and trying to kind of address getting sick. Mm-hmm. And um and throughout that period I had undergone several surgeries and nothing was really working and it was this time where I had been shadowing uh, plastic surgeons offices and cardiothoracic surgeons and I was also um in in finance as a major so I did science as kind of the the side the side thing in finance as a major because I knew most doctors you know needed to also know how to run a business so um so while I was in school and then I I really got to see this other side of medicine mm-hmm. that made me realize that at least in a lot of the practice maybe we aren't healing as much as we're doing other things and that helped me come to a realization that maybe I don't really want to pursue medical school and perhaps there's other mm-hmm. ways that I can bring my own type of healing mm-hmm. into the work that I do and so um through um through getting sick and having to learn ways to mm-hmm. heal my body and heal my mind and heal my spirit mm-hmm. um and by the way that journey still continues um it really kind of pulled me into a different line of um of approaching mm-hmm. the type of career that I might want Was it a challenging at the moment when, for the longest time, you thought you want to be a doctor, but then as you go through your own journey, you realize that's not it. Was it a hard decision for you to make to pivot? Yes, yeah, it it was.、Um, because even though when I when I finished school, I started out in investment banking, I still、mm-hmm. had this pull towards. Wellness and vitality, and、mm-hmm. and so there was a period where where I was like, maybe I really do want to go back to medicine, and so、mm-hmm. I went and I、um, worked with Eli Lilly and Company and launched a drug with them, and kind of learned the whole world of pharmaceuticals, and、mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll brush up on some of the stuff from school, and so I went back thinking, yeah, maybe I maybe I made the mistake, and and I'm going to go back and maybe and pers- perhaps pursue、mm-hmm. the MCAT, and it was in. It was in going back into that world that I realized I'm like I this isn't really where I want to be. But it was hard because、mm-hmm. I did hold on to a, a little bit, and I went back and revisited, and、mm-hmm. in that revisiting, clarified that it wasn't where I wanted to go. But、mm-hmm. I still wanted to continue my、mm-hmm. studies of understanding, like how does the human body and how do we really thrive in our、mm-hmm. environment, whether we choose that environment or whether we don't choose that environment.、Mm. Wow. I think that's a a lot of courage for you to <laughs> continue follow your curiosity, but in the meantime, when you see that maybe not the right alignment, and acknowledge that and、mm-hmm. say yes to the intuition and really pivot.、Mm-hmm. So tell us what's next from there. Oh goodness,、um, we probably want to skip through lots of career stuff.、Um, so how do you? Maybe we can bring that <laughs> to the moment.、Uh, at what point you decided? You know what? Maybe I want to try entrepreneur. Yes. So,、uh, so in in my travels, I was in Dallas for a bit, and then up in Nor- in、uh, Washington State, and then、mm-hmm. was transferred to California and、uh, in Northern California. And there, I met、um, my to be husband, who、mm-hmm. um, 
uh, who we ended up, and he was very entrepreneurial in nature, um, and or still is. I'm sorry, not was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> very entrepreneurial in nature, and and together, you know, we really uh, were able to start to. I I stayed in a lot of corporate roles. I got into mm-hmm. data and analytics. I went back and um, did my. MBA and then went in to do some work in Silicon Valley. And that's really what kind of got me into technology and such. Um, but at the same time, he and I were 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 building it at different places um, a consulting business mm. um, in the healthcare space. And that business was um, fully bootstrapped. Mm-hmm. So no outside investment. And so during that time, I started to get more of a taste of like, well, what does this really mean to build a business um, mm-hmm. from nothing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everything in my career, um, no matter what role I have taken um, in a company, I've always found ways to apply the entrepreneurial spirit to mm-hmm. do um, entrepreneurial work mm-hmm. within larger corporations. So helping to develop new revenue streams and new products and yeah. things like that. And so I think um, there's something that I said at one point um, when I told uh, my founder's story at Techstars mm-hmm. is, um, as I said, I think being a founder found me more so than I sought it. Because what I found in my career is that I've I've looked for ways to be able to 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 see what is the strategic arc of what a business needs to accomplish mm-hmm. and then how do we execute against that and a lot of times that's opened the door mm-hmm. to looking at new revenue streams or new ways of presenting the product or even new products for that matter mm-hmm. and so that entrepreneurial affectation mm-hmm. has helped me do that no matter what company that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. which is, again, why I go back and say, I'm not sure that I'm an entrepreneur as much as I have the spirit of one. Wow, what a, what a journey. And and with that, what was the moment you decided to start Bombshell? Yes, so Bombshell started in my, in my head several years before I started physically working on the concept. And it came from... During, during the course of my career from when I was 22, 23, mm-hmm. on up to now, I'm 42, um, I traveled all the time. So there were parts um, of a year where I may travel four times in a month and be gone more than 60% of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but in on average, I was at least away mm-hmm two weeks out of every month. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, um, there were a couple things that, that really came about. One was I absolutely don't like to pack anything in my suitcase <laughs> other than clothes. I love to figure out what I'm going to wear, but all the toiletries mm-hmm. and everything that go along with that, I don't want to pack it. But I know that some of those actually help me feel really good when I wake up in the morning and I can mm-hmm. put, um, I can put myself together. And so the first iteration of Bombshell was really around CPG to mm-hmm. help um, to help solve a problem for me, which is I didn't want to carry my toiletries mm-hmm. or hair tools any longer. And so if I could have them shipped to me, mm-hmm. and when I was done, send them back, recycle what I, the disposable product and reuse and mm-hmm. turn turn back around the high-end hair tools, what a great way to solve mm-hmm. something for me being on the road all the time. So that was kind of the first um, piece. And then the psychological piece of a bombshell, which which I saw potentially coming later, was 
it's lonely when you're on the road mm-hmm. um, in that you have a lot of friends at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you travel frequently, after a while, people stop asking because they assume you're gone. Mm-hmm. And so that's tough. It's also tough to be gone, especially if you have a family, to be gone for a long time and then come back in and you realize everybody functions without you, <laughs> although they still love you. Yeah. Um, but coming back in is also really tough yeah. and leaving is tough. And so that so then building a community around that for women who traveled regularly where mm. they could opt into meeting up with women who maybe in the same kind of peer group that they are, or maybe for mentoring opportunities mm-hmm. when they were traveling was kind of the next the next um, view of of how to bring bombshell and mm-hmm. the community to light. So ultimately, I was trying to solve something that was mm-hmm. tough for me when I traveled all the time. So with that, um, <laughs> Brooke, at this point, you're being having a lot of entrepreneurial spirit in multiple businesses and you are crushing it. How do you, once you have the idea, how do you decide, I'm going to actually do this as an entrepreneur, which I think there's a little bit difference between entrepreneurial spirit versus being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. What was the moment you decide, you know what, this is what I'm going to do? Yes. So we're going to fast forward a few months back. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I had, uh, so, so I had gone through a divorce um, in, in 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. moved to Texas in, uh, early 2018 mm. and was commuting back and forth to California when I moved to Texas. And there just came a point where, um, at the early 2019 period, I just, I hit a, a wall where I was like, okay, a lot of things in my life really fell apart mm-hmm. um, in, in that period. And I just, I, I needed a break. And so I went to, actually, I was working with a company, um, went to Chicago to learn that they had rationalized my position. There was another option open for me, but it just wasn't really feeding my soul or my sense of fulfillment. And I thought, okay, this is life telling me, stop. So 28 days later, in uh, late February, I packed a 42-liter backpack and I went to India. And I planned to spend um, just a month there. And I actually found a place where I could do work and meditation. And um, I was so excited because work was like, yes, I'm going to go to India. They're going to ask me to scrub floors. Maybe I'll build some things. I'll, I'll use my hands and and such. And um, when I got there, they said, oh, we looked at your LinkedIn profile and we really need some help building our content systems and we need to renegotiate some of our software contracts. And I thought, oh my, I've left the US to go do a lot of what I was wanting to have a break from. But what was so lovely about that is that I found this really nice balance of um, of just working and living in community. Tell us more about that. What is that like? Gosh, I probably need words to describe that because it's a little bit of an ineffable feeling. But it was it was like um, being in a consistent state of flow, where um, where. What I was doing in work never felt like work. And even when I was not working, it felt like just like this normal, mm. um, normal's maybe not the right word, but it felt like this very natural way to just be 
in the world. What do you think contribute to that? That sounds so beautiful. Well, partly I probably dropped a few things off my shoulders, um, and I was able to just be in it for the pleasure of being, mm. rather than for any expectation of an outcome mm. or any expectation of a reward. Yeah. So that time in India was really lovely. And during that time, I was writing a lot. I love to write. I probably will write a book one day, but it's still in formation. And I, I have mu much life experience that, that needs to come into play for that to really materialize. Um, but uh, during that time, um, there was an artist who is quite well known in in um in, in that area and in, in um, the UAE, who knew I was doing a lot of writing. I got to know he and his wife very well and just fell in love with them. He had to go back to Dubai for a project. Um, and two days later, he, he contacted me on WhatsApp and he said, Brooke, I've got this huge project at a hotel. It's over 300 pieces of original art, and they want me to write about my art. And I don't like writing about my art. I don't like naming my art. Can you come help me? And so that was towards the end of my, what I thought was going to be a month in India. And um, and I said, gosh, I'm supposed to fly back to the US in a couple of weeks. I've got a few other things planned, uh, but let me see what I what can happen. And what was amazing is, I didn't pay one change fee on airlines. I didn't have to change any plans. Like everything meticulously, the doors opened when um, when I decided, yeah, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. I'm going to go do this work. I have no idea what will come of this work. And let's do it. So that turned into about, um, oh, it turned into about four months. Um, and this is where, when I got back from India, I, mm -hmm. I decided I'm going to start Bombshell. But when I was there, uh, or when I finally made it up to um, Dubai, uh, I ended up helping to curate the um, the collection for him, which was so amazing. And uh, I have two pieces that are hanging in the hotel in the UAE that I got to do in collaboration with him. So it brought out a lot of kind of that artistry that I that I have, but haven't played with in a long time. And now in my home, I have a painting studio for this reason. Wow. Um, so so I, I spent that time over there. And it just was this like creative re reawakening and rejuvenation. And mm -hmm. one of the very clear lessons that I learned from being there is you actually don't have to go anywhere to have a creative reawakening. I happened to go over to India and the UAE, but... What I really did was I just allowed myself to be and to let things happen for me, not to me. And so that helped me have the courage and the confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to start Bombshell. I'm going to not take any third-party capital, at least initially. I'm going to work really hard and kind of take roles as a consultant and, and playing an interim like VP of sales, CRO for some companies, and I'm going to fund this project and I'm going to get it off the ground. And that was the impetus in August for August of 2019 for starting Bombshell. And what was amazing is that as I took one, put one foot in front of the other and took the steps necessary to create the company, it was like everything really worked in alignment. <laughs> and while it was hard work, it was 
work that had really nice momentum. So the stress that came was more euphoric stress than distress. And it was amazing to have found partnerships with Yanka Skincare, a female-founded skincare brand out of France that has been doing this before it was quote-unquote in vogue to be female-founded or to be environmentally friendly. They've been doing it for 60, 70 years Mm -hmm. um, and have these amazing partnerships come to light. And so it was equally really hard when the brick wall of the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit when I was supposed to launch at South by of 2020 and realize like that's not happening. And so it was it was this time of this amazing feeling of alignment and then a feeling of hitting a brick wall that really, really took a toll. Um and and I don't know if I really realized the toll that it took until reflecting over the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Um but it was less about the it was less of a toll on, you know, this idea of something I wanted to do failed, but more of a toll of feeling like, gosh, you know, what does what does this really mean to have had such great momentum forward and then just hit a brick wall? And how do I find ways to 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 have that same not same but similar momentum? And not hit brick walls. And mm-hmm. I think I'm still, you know, f- feeling that out. Mm-hmm. Although the the experience in, in, in the work that I'm doing right now has been an amazing experience of working through all of those machinations of feeling like, oh, gosh, things are, are, are tough and it's challenging. And will they work to, mm-hmm. wow, looking back, we've made so much progress. So I feel like in the tragedy, that's probably too harsh of a word. Tragedy is very much a first world problem when I say it from that perspective. The tragedy of having to shut Bombshell down and then the opportunities that came have been both um, a blessing and like huge learning experiences. Wow. (laughs) Well, that was such a journey. So talk to us about that moment when, when pandemic happened, when nobody expected and that was not only shut down South by, but really it's the livelihood of the business, your passion, your baby, you've been building for years to come. And how was that? How do you able, How do you take that moment when exactly like you said, it was so much momentum, everything's so in right alignment and that moment hit. How do you deal with that? And how do you have the courage to decide to move on from there? Well, I mean, I won't sugarcoat it. It was really, there were, all of the emotions from sadness. I mean, I cried a ton. Like things would just hit me and I would have tears rolling. Um, I was really angry. I was so frustrated. I was like, oh, I've worked so hard and this is mm-hmm. just not working. Um, and there was grief that that really went um, with that where it was grief and anxiety put together. So I, I don't know if it was a pretty experience, but it was a pretty cleansing experience. Um, and, you know, in some regards, I, I withdrew a little bit so that I could kind of catch my breath after that mm-hmm. momentum. I mean, if you think about the momentum of, of, of moving ahead and then hitting a brick wall physically, yeah. if you can imagine that it's going to take your breath away a little bit. And so there was this moment of, um, 
in many moments of kind of needing to withdraw and regroup and understand why and recognizing, you know, now a couple of years later that it wasn't meant to come forward then. Um, and but in the moment of feeling grief, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like that should be the answer. It feels like, gosh, if I can just power through it, if mm-hmm. I can make something work, I know that I have the tenacity to do that. I know that I have the perseverance to get something off of the ground. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is the power actually comes from realizing that it's okay to walk away instead of the force of making something happen. And that has helped me mm. um go through some, you know, go through and make decisions about some other things that were that were also challenging professionally <laughs> that came up afterwards. So wow. it, was, it was a positive and horribly painful experience all at the same time. How was that experience shaping you as who you are today, Brooke? Well, part of the experience, I think, has allowed me to embrace so much more of the spectrum of my own vitality and emotionality Mm -hmm. as a human being and recognizing that we are whole and we are human by the sheer fact of the emotions Mm -hmm. and how we choose to understand them and respond to those emotions is really the expression of our life. Mm. And so in that, there is, to me, an enormous amount of empowerment that comes from being able to recognize and really live that while we have zero control over Mm -hmm. anything that happens in our life, per se, Mm -hmm. we do have the control to get to know ourselves and understand our emotionality and how that responds to the world around us and how we can take a breath before taking that next action or mm-hmm. getting to know like how we fit in the context of the world. And I'm not I'm speaking about it like it's easy. I don't really think it's very easy. Yeah. Um but it is something that has been this valuable mm-hmm. lesson that I think has been kind of knocking at my door for my whole life that has taken mm-hmm. peeling away layers of mm-hmm. of the personality of Brooke to start yeah. to embody and and embrace and still have grief and sadness and anger and yeah. joy and elation and and um and all of those things come together to mm-hmm. help me get to know me better. I love that piece, Brooke. <laughs> and I often time I believe that the entrepreneurship journey is never just about the revenue, the business launch, the success, the IPO, all the fancy glamorous thing. I think entrepreneurship journey ultimately is a spiritual journey on itself. Along the way, we learn so much more about ourselves and the worlds around us. So that's a beautiful insight you can take from that. And I'm curious, you know, bro, if if we have this magic one at this moment, if we can go back in time, change anything at all, would you change anything? No, I wouldn't. Um, gosh, I might. I might ask to have some of these experiences be less painful, but actually that's a silly statement because I wouldn't necessarily be able to laugh at, at some mm. of it or have been humbled in the way that oh the 
the humbling process is in the moment is really painful because it's it feels mm-hmm. like like you know I won't put it on anybody else but it feels like death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't go and change anything. I think if you caught me on a day where I was a I was a wreck, I probably would say, "Oh, I wish this didn't happen." But the yeah. reality is, is I really don't. Um, I I take the you know i take the the whole thing and say mm-hmm. okay well what what can i learn from this and how can i apply it in what's being asked of me now mm-hmm. and what's being asked of me now may not be what's being asked of me mm-hmm. tomorrow and how can i still mm-hmm. take these learnings and apply it so wow Brooke, thank you so much for being so open and authentic. I think oftentimes it's so easy for us to talk about the rosy, the sunshine, but yet it's sometimes challenging for us to speak about part that is 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 difficult. And the fact that you know you are being so open, I think really um, first show the tenacity, the courage that you really have for not only on, you know being through the experience, but also owning the experiences. And they turn that into your superpower, which truly I, I see so many gifts within you. One of them is you have such a humanity and such a humbleness and kind, and you're just so grounded. And therefore, you have such a compassion to everybody, you know, go through the journey themselves. But in the meantime, you also give others the permission to share their challenges, their setbacks, if they have something in a similar challenges. So that's amazing. Um, Thank you, Brooke. I wonder now you've been through so much. I'm curious, what what inspired you? What do you, if you can dream about the future, what do you want ultimately? Mm. Oh goodness, I think what inspires me today is each one of our capacity for for love. And we don't often talk about that in business as much. Mm. But one of the things that I think is such a transformative aspect of what we can bring into into business is this idea of being able to greet every day with love. And sometimes that doesn't always feel rosy, um, but it it can it can in 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 greeting the day with that it's amazing what will present itself to mm-hmm. open at least my eyes to that there are so many areas of embracing humanity and helping people rise mm-hmm. no matter what position of life that they're in yeah um i think that probably inspires me more than anything else and it probably drives a lot of the way that i that I hope mm-hmm. to be able to give back to people who work with me, which is, you know, if, if somebody quote unquote reports to me in mm-hmm. an organization, if I say yes to to that, mm-hmm. it becomes my responsibility and my privilege to see them rise up. Why is that important for you? It's important because I think when when each one of us chooses to do that for just one other person, mm-hmm. That is an act of change that does inspire events that we have 
no ability to see the, mm-hmm. the downstream or the upstream effects mm-hmm. from. That may have been a poorly worded <laughs> sentence. But but I think that that's the place where where there's a there's there's much talk of, you know, wanting to change the world, wanting to change that. Mm-hmm. What I have learned through the experiences so far is that the most humane way to change the world is to change ourselves in relation to the world that we have created around ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing choice that empowers or can disempower. Mm-hmm. And that's that that is where I believe that when I think about in anything I'm doing if if I can be able to give to somebody in a way where I'm I'm expressing an authentic love for mm-hmm. them even if they're driving me bananas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that that is one way to help somebody else rise in the moment and when that happens once it can create a ripple effect that really mm-hmm. does help other people to rise that has nothing to do with me but has to do with maybe mm-hmm. one small act and that to me is where the world can shift. Wow, Brooke, I, I really, really inspired by the vision. And I think when you said the love, I believe that you have such a, such a gift to seeing the light in each and every one of the people surrounding you. And when you say the love, and my understanding is you are empowering them, the individuals to go after and to rise above the circumstance. So then we all can be a better version of ourselves and collectively the world is a better place because of that. And I just really inspired by your commitment, by your determination to really empower everybody around you. And in my own word, I think that each and every one of us is like little light bulb. And if today I can enable your light bulb, just shine one pixel brighter, today the whole world is a brighter and a happier place. And I think on that note, I think we are on the same mission, which therefore I'm just so inspired by how you beautifully worded, you know, to show our love every day, just one day at a time. Yeah. With that, Brooke, I wonder, many years later, when we all pass out on this planet, <laughs> what would you want um, your gray, gray stone to say about you? And I can give you my answer first. Ooh, I I'd love to hear yours. I'm thinking there's a couple <laughs> things that popped into my mind. I'm I'm just so curious yours, and <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a long time. So I want my gravestones to say, of course, my name, but I want to say she lived. I once lived. I want to experience all the up, all the down, and everything in between. I want the whole world. I want to just see. I lived. I experienced. I try. I see. The rainbow. I see the sunshine. I see the mountain. I see the river. I see everything in between. And therefore, I, I had the journey of a lifetime. I lived. That's all I want. I love that. What popped into my into my mind is um, right before you shared, I lived. Um, I I want my my gravestone to be something that's continuing to be active. Mm. What I mean by that is the first the first thought, so I'm going to go with it because that's usually um the 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 uh, the best one um or the one that's most appropriate is <laughs> she's living in love. 
And that, I think, in this living is this idea of 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 a continuation mm-hmm. um and allows for people to interpret yeah. whatever they want from that and and take whatever they want from that and so yeah. i think having it be something that is active or a continuation of probably is what i would love to see what would be the love meant for you what would be the what the love meant in that mm. statement Oh gosh. I think the that the love in that statement is is from the standpoint of choosing to love. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I p- desire to practice love mm-hmm. and and being loving and and sharing that. And I don't always do it well. And so this idea of of living in love um, is a reminder that it is it's a practice and mm-hmm. it's something that is more difficult on some days than in others. And that, but every, you know, every moment or every day can be renewed mm-hmm. in that, um, in that sentiment. And so I, I think it's, um, it's really the, that, that love is a reminder and it ultimately becomes a choice and it can, on some days, be a really difficult choice, and on other days, be a no-brainer mm-hmm. um, or somewhere in between. But it is ultimately a choice. I love that. So, Brooke, with that, I'm curious. You've been a long way, be a long journey. Whether it's you know, see executive at multiple businesses or your own startup venture, and you know, I wonder, what? Well, how would you say? Is your superpower? What made you? What made you successful? What made you special up to this moment? Oh. so there's a bit of a demarcation, I think, in when I when I look at when I look at different different aspects of my career. I think early on in my career, I would have said my superpower was perseverance and being able to work hard and and make anything work. Mm -hmm. And I'm using my hands right now for people listening in a way where it's like bringing force to something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, That did work for me for a long time. Mm -hmm. It also burnt me out. I am positive it burnt other people out around me. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it worked then. What works now is not trying to force things. And so I think the superpower that I have come to develop because it's been an important part of a learning about myself is is my intuition to respond in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me. And it's also helped me understand like maybe this is where sparks of wisdom come from for people mm-hmm. is like being able to respond in the moment from a place of intuition and understanding oneself. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe, is more of a helpful superpower for me going forward. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always the case. That wasn't always how I approached things or how I would have answered that question. Mm. Wow. Receptivity. I think that's the hardest thing like in the world. <laughs> it I is think difficult. <laughs> if you think about what is the hardest, say, object on this planet, 
Oftentimes we think about the mountain, we think about the rock, we think about the diamond, those hardest objects you can imagine. And yet, if you think about water, she go around the mountain, she carves its own way. <laughs> Ultimately, water leads the way to the ocean. And maybe at the moment, the rock is more forceful and more strenuous compared to water. But another day, it's the water that has the ultimate power to shaving the path of the river, of the ocean. So therefore, I, I definitely concur and inspired by the, by the answer. Receptivity definitely is something that I believe ultimately is a strength. Yeah. And I like that you reframed it as receptivity because I think that that, that nails it. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, I wonder, you know, what is your definition for success? And with that, are you success? Are you successful? Oh goodness, I really have to think about this one. Um, my definition for success now is really being able to live from a place of inner contentment. Mm. I mean, I definitely have aspirations to be able to create companies and um, and make money and provide for my friends and family. But that isn't what I hold as the place of success for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's really the 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 inner the inner joy that that can radiate when I'm then when I'm when I'm listening to what is most authentic within me. Mm-hmm. And that, gosh, when I can do that consistently and walk in that way where um where that that is what exudes just as a result of my being, mm-hmm. that's that really is a place of success for me. Are you a success? Yes and no. On some days that f- I feel like that is that is a place where I live and on other days it can be really strenuous. Mm. But overall I do believe I'm a success because I am committed to to practicing in that way. Beautiful. So that it's it it can become true mm-hmm. when the time is right and you know when I've I've been presented the lessons that I need to learn. Wow. I think we when we have the clarity regarding what we want, when we know exactly what we want, we want the journey to end, we are ready to success mm-hmm. because we can see it. We are right there with it. With that, Brooke, I wonder what is your biggest fear? Oh. You know, I've actually I've been working on this with my coach recently. Um and what I am starting to to realize is that probably my biggest fear is is maybe rooted in fully embracing my own potential mm-hmm. without limitations and I have I I've noticed and I'm I can imagine other people may be able to relate to this that we often put constraints around what we think is 
successful or is a home run or mm-hmm. is something that is kind of reaching the pinnacle of um of of an of an actor or so um but often that can be limiting and and it can be limiting because what is on the other side of that is the unknown and that's really scary because we we have to relinquish control we have to untether ourselves and we have to allow and surrender whatever that might be and so i i've started to wonder if that my biggest fear is is of my of of really opening up the floodgates of my full potential and allowing myself to remove limitations are you there yet <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> we'll hold you back what's holding me back if they are oh gosh i'm i'm sure many things within my psyche that i'm still processing um <laughs> we all um, there's progress. probably nothing holding me back i you know this is going to be this is going to be something i say that is not from from my own experience it's definitely from you know when you when you learn from from sages and and wise teachers that what what ultimately people realize is that they were the ones holding them themselves back. And so, yeah, there's aspects of me that probably still live in the shadows that that are there and it's why I am fortunate to work with some amazing coaches and have some wonderful people around me who can help me see those things mm-hmm. and slow excuse me, slowly remove those limitations so mm-hmm. that I can really um unleash that full potential and and hopefully in that also support others in doing so. Yeah, I think we are all working progress <laughs> and you know ultimately when we have the the right people surrounded around us and we can learn from each other we can be better every single day. Mhm. So with that Brooke, I'm curious, uh, you know along the year you not only have your own businesses but you also mentor and advise many many startups along the the journey. I'm curious um from the advisor or mentor perspective, what do you think is as um the top to a top one mistake that oftentimes you see founder are making in their journey especially in the earlier uh, stage of mm. the venture. The top mistake what i see early as as a top mistake that actually sometimes works out um however it, it, i do believe that setting out to build a great company mm-hmm. and companies are made of people mm-hmm. and that means building great people around you um is one of the mistakes i see founders make the most because they often start first with how am i going to get the capital and from whom am i going to get the capital mm-hmm. and we're so conditioned now to seek that from third party sources instead of getting to know our customer ah oh. and so i see there's a there's a couple things one is setting out with great understanding as a founder why do you want to do something why is it so important mm-hmm. that you bring this into the world because it is an expression of you mm-hmm. build something that's great first and spend time truly and authentically discovering your customer mm-hmm. and then it's amazing how 
that becomes the basis mm-hmm. for predictable and sustainable revenue that can be supportive mm-hmm. in raising capital. I just find that too early people start to focus on raising capital. And guess what? When that happens, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, your customer becomes your investor. Mm-hmm. It has to be so because they're the ones mm-hmm. giving you the money, not your customer who's buying your product or your service or your or your idea. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's probably the place where mm-hmm. it can be a, a turning point for founders and what their company becomes. I really love that. I, I oftentimes tell founders, without the why, what doesn't matter. Mm. And oftentimes founders are so fascinated about their own product, their solution, their technologies, and without digging into the why, without really falling in love with your customers, without really understanding the, the inside, the gap in the market, without knowing really how they serve the, the market. And then they focus so much about how do I raise the capital? This is my product, all that other pieces. And I love that you you said so beautifully, really solving a problem for customer is first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So with that, Brooke, I wonder, um, what would be what would you say would be advice you're given to entrepreneurs? You know, if they are starting a journey, maybe uh, maybe early journey, or maybe they're already in the trenches right now in the hustling, right? What would you tell her or him? Um, a piece of advice you will share helping them on the entrepreneur journey. Yeah, I think the the advice that I would give is recognize that it will take longer mm-hmm. than what most believe that it will take. And part of that, I believe, comes from so much of the way that we um, we share stories about business successes, mm-hmm. make it seem like overnight success is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But it's never an overnight su- success. And so there is this, I, there is this, this idea of valuing and honoring the idea that, that you're bringing forward and recognizing that the hard part starts at execution, mm. not at idea. And that execution with discipline and habit and and setting out to build a great company and build great people around you mm-hmm. takes time. Mm-hmm. And that is something that if 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 as a is if as a founder you can look at your business as something that's going to take time. Mm-hmm then you can decide, is this also worth my time? Is this worth me Mm -hmm. spending the most precious resource we really have, Mm -hmm. which is our time and our passion and our joy? Is this worth that? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is, hell yes, it is worth it, then go forth and create and and build. Um, if, if, If it's not, if you get a grip in your stomach that says, oh, I'm I'm not sure about that. Maybe go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and see like what would be worth the time. And even if you're in the middle of it and you're mm-hmm. you've got mud all over your face and and you're just trying to survive, yeah. take a moment to ask because it may be that yes, what you have conceived is Mm-hmm. the best use of your time. But the way in which you've been going about it is causing you to feel like you're swimming upstream and you're wasting energy that is very precious. But if you took a deep breath to mm-hmm. say, 
gosh, how might I redirect this energy Mm -hmm. into something that can give me that forward momentum? Mm -hmm. Then you can you can really bring your business into a different perspective to move it forward, even if you're in the throes of things and 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 you've hit mm-hmm. um, you've hit a place where it feels like it's stagnating. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's probably where I would give uh, give that little piece of advice. <laughs> wow! So execution is the key, mm-hmm. and I really love that Brooke. You have such an intention to be self-aware, knowing that you know. Every single moment, we are making a choice. Thinking about whether this is worth our time, our joy, our passion, our, all the choices we're making and thinking, is it really what I want? And I think when we're able to allow ourselves live in the authentic present moment and yet also sharing our gift, whether it's for you, it's building this fantastic business, for her, it's open the bakery shop, for him, it's you know, being an amazing teacher he wants to be, is whatever choice we made, we can all become the the most incredible version of ourselves. So with that, you know, Brooke, thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom in this in this show and thank you so much for being so open, so authentic. We really, really enjoy. So thank you so much. Also thank you so much everybody for tuning in today. I hope you like the show as much as I do and we cannot wait to see you all next time. Bye guys. Thank you. <laughs>